Okay, we're live. Four o'clock on the button. How are you guys doing today? Right. Good. Hey, Very good. I can't hear, you know. I... Okay, testing one, two, three. You guys hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, yes. So you guys know the rule. The more you participate, the more money you make. What? What's your go-to platform method to get your leads? Okay, we'll get to that question. Hey, Bill, I thought I knew your name. Uh, you're on coffee with Angela. Yes, I am, Wida. I am. I yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, I don't know who else is on ESP, but uh, ESP is a virtual company, and I look at Friday morning, 9:30 with Angela, coffee with Angela, as my staff meeting or my my weekly uh, sales meeting. Yeah. Four brokers, Angela. But the key part is, she sucked me in with a coffee. It's coffee with Angela. And she right. said she talk about real estate business. I got a million zooms, but Angela is uh Kofor is great. And if you're yes. 930, bring a funny hat and your coffee and enjoy uh Friday mornings. Yes, we I do know you from there. Thank you for saying hi. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Excellent. How are you guys doing today? Right. Good. This is great. Is it great to be in real estate? Come on. Great time. Great time. Yeah. yeah. Really, yeah. Can I just share with you guys? Um last two and a half weeks, my wife came to me about two and a half weeks ago and said, uh, let me show you guys some feedback here. Is there? Yeah. Turn it off. <laughs> it said uh, she wanted to redo the tile in our house. So we've lived here for around 15 years. And, you know, we have a nice house. We're in Pico Robertson and been very blessed. And she said, you want to change the tile. Now, we had repainted the outside. Then we repainted the inside. Now, I don't know if you've ever painted a house when living in it. It is miserable. Everything's covered, you smell, whatever. So she came to me and said the tile. I'm thinking, well, the tile's in the kitchen and the bathrooms. How bad can it be? Sure, honey, go ahead and retile. What I didn't plan on was that the tiling included the bathroom right next to this wall where my office is. So guys, there, retiling doesn't just mean putting down new tile. It means, who knows the answer? Tearing out. Demo. Your tile, and to do that, you use a what? Sledgehammer. Hammer, bang. Hammer, hammer, whatever. And so what's it sound like? All oh, they're like, bang, bang. I didn't know that. I'm not really into the whole fixing up the house thing. And then the guy sets up, he, he needs a station area to like mix the cement with like a, I don't know, a machine, <laughs> machine. I don't know what the hell the thing is. And then he needs a place to saw the tiles that need to be fixed. So for three, and that of course was five feet from my desk over here in our driveway slash backyard. So for two and a half weeks, either I've had the concrete mixture thing going, I've had the sledgehammer going, I've had the tile being sawed. Yesterday we're done. It's been a tough two and a half weeks. That's been my worst problem for two and a half weeks has been putting new tile in the house. So I have to say that's not a bad problem to have, right? Great. Not so, at all. <laughs> it's a good problem. <laughs> hey, we're in real estate. I'm, and I am telling you guys now, look, I know not everybody is doing well. You know, I'm, I'm sensitive to that fact. Um, I say that this is a market that if you've had momentum has been great. If you are new to business, it could be very challenging for you. I'll say I've been in business since 1986. But without a question, this has been the best six months of my career in terms of building wealth by far. And I think for anybody, for brand new people, there has never been an easier time to find money for a project. 
ever. Any deal with money in it can get financed today. And if you don't believe me, get a deal, bring it to me, and I'll help you get it financed. But I am telling you, if you don't have money, not a problem. You have credit, not a problem. You have a heart, you qualify for a hard money loan, probably not believable if it's a good deal, but we'll find someone to make that deal for you. It can be done in a way that was not true most of my career. Right? And, and I remember for years watching people do seminars on anybody get financed, anybody get do a deal. And being in the business, I would have said for most of my career, that's not quite true. I'm going to tell you for today, that's true. If there's a deal with money in it, it'll get financed. No question about it. So for those of you who are new in the business, there's never been a better time to start your career in this business. It's a time of transition. If you can get yourself dug in now, I'm not sure where it's headed. Is it going to go up, 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 up? Is it going to be down and a bunch of foreclosures? Excuse me, a sharp down and up? I don't know where it's going. But but transitions are where we make money. I'm sorry, I'm going to turn my phone off. Transitions are where we make money in this business. If you're ready for the transition, and ready just means you're, you have a plan, you're going to work hard on whatever that is, this is where you make money in the business right now. Those you're new, this is where you make money for the next five, 10 years is what you do right now, this week, this month, the end of this year. And I'm going to urge all of you just to push through whatever the struggle, whatever the frustration. You know, I had a listing, I came like that to me and the seller's giving us some pushback and I'm, I'm part, a part of somebody on my team and she's kind of upset about the seller, this and that. And I said, look, you got enough listings. Let's, let's not worry about it. It'll work itself out. He said, you're right. There's nothing to worry about right now. There, there should be more business than ever. If there's not, there is certainly more opportunity than ever in my career. So towards that, we do this call. Uh, this is a probate focus call. I organize this every week, uh, not to make it a, a, a one-time session on to learn everything about probate. Though I will say to you, I am guest presenter uh, to an event um, coming up where I will in an hour, I think, cover probate top to bottom. And in that uh, presentation, and it's very expensive. If you set up uh, this week, it's $4.99 for an hour long talk. And uh, I'm going to give a talk called the seven ways to get business and probate. I'm going to cover each one. And I'm being interviewed for an hour by Sam Sadat of Sam's Club. And if you're interested, I'm going to put the link here in the, in the chat box. And you guys walk. I'm not getting, you know, disclosure. I'm not getting anything out of it other than I get a chance to do it and share and meet people. I'm not getting any, a buck of the five bucks or I'm not getting that money at all. And this has forced me to practice and get my game up. And I'll be recording some, some sessions. And I'll have some free sessions probably in the next couple of weeks to share with you guys. Because that's where I come from. It's from free, free uh, content. But if you incline to spend five bucks and want to hear an hour long, Really, top to bottom, what's it take? That's where we're going to cover. This call today is meant for people who are working in the business to pick up a tip today you can use, an idea, an introduction, a lead, a vendor that you can use today in your business uh, as you're working on it. So towards that, I invited a, uh, a to uh, share with you guys today as a guest in the beginning, uh, a guy who I've known, I actually knew his father for a long time. His father's been a very good friend of my brother, just a very special man. And I met uh, his son, Jeremy, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I think. 
something like that, yeah? I think so. Yeah, and uh, been 10, 10 years ago, and we've been uh, in uh, kind of uh, in related industry in real estate. Jeremy is a mobile notary. And the reason why I wanted to bring him on today is because this is has come up for me recently. You know, it used to be you could pick your own notary. And nowadays, the title companies want to use theirs. And so I thought it might be helpful to have somebody on to share with you what's it look like when your customer or you have to sign documents and even notarized if you're not going to come into the escrow, a mobile notary. So I want to introduce somebody who does that for a living, Jeremy Steppen. So Jeremy, welcome to the call. Thank you so much, Bill. It's very nice. Um, so I am, as you said, a mobile notary. Escrow companies, title companies, and individual clients alone hire me to go out and find the clients, get them all signed up, make sure nothing is missed, dot all the I's, cross all the T's, make sure everything is done so all the transactions will, in fact, close smoothly and on time. Uh, so, so your service is one where for people who don't want to or can't come into escrow, uh, stay traveling, older, inconvenient, they can arrange with you to sign everything they might do in escrow, they can do with you, correct? That is correct. I do travel. Um, I go anywhere in the state of California. And my clients range anywhere between the ages of 18 and 98 years old. I recently had a 96-year-old fellow who unfortunately could not leave his residence due to COVID and was closing up a transaction and needed his escrow docs done. And I went to his residence all the way down into the deep of, where was he located? In San Bernardino County. So wherever the clients want, that's where I go. Um. So when somebody is signing a standard notary package for a real estate deal where loans involved, what do they need to have when you show up? They need to have, um, well, in today's day and age, you have to have a mask, if and then or gloves. Uh, blue pen is a preferable for all the banks. Yeah. And you need to have your license or identification. So the customer has to have the license or identification. Correct. Yeah. And, but you bring the blue pen. I bring the blue pen, I bring masks if you want and gloves if you want, I got it all. And the blue pen is just so people know, when you make copies, you can't tell if it's a copy of the original, when it's a blue pen, it's more obvious uh, that it's blue. And that's gone back from time immemorial with all the documents being done now, less and less have to be original. But um, fortunately, uh, uh, if uh, Jeremy shows up, um, it'll be taken care of. So share with them, share with us. Now, look, obviously, you know, most cases are fairly simple. You make a phone call, you show up, uh, everything is smooth. What do, what's a, a, a common problem that you experience that people can avoid if they know ahead of time or plan ahead? They know ahead of time and plan ahead of times. Leave enough time for an appointment. A very common occurrence is people will think oh, I just spoke to my escrow officer or my title officer. They're sending somebody out. It's going to be all five or 10 minutes. No, that's a very big misconception. Sometimes documents need to be revised. Things need to be read over. Make sure that documents have the right dates, the right name, spelling. There's no miss errors or anything like that. So we need usually about an hour and a half to two hours maximum for a signing. For a standard conventional loan escrow, by, by showing your fingers, how much paperwork does a customer get to sign? Uh, the most recent one I had was 155 pages. 
And what percentage of the pages does a customer actually read? None. Clients never read anything. They get a copy of the first two pages for them to hold on to, to glance at. But usually a client doesn't read anything. There's a lot of forms that they need to fill out, which takes about 20 minutes. That's in the beginning of the prep seat. Uh, and then everybody just goes through and signs and initials almost every single page. The initial form being the statement of identity or what's the uh, initial form? Uh, the initial form is more of the breakdown from escrow. The uh, good faith estimate or the... Correct. Yeah. So a couple of things. I just think I share with anybody, if you're an agent or if you're an investor and you're setting this up, one thing I always try to do is be available during the notary call, right? I don't want to go there. They don't want me there. But <laughs> I want to know when it is and be available for the phone call. And my experience is some customers, it's almost like your kid comes and grabs your hand and leaves. They just want to know you're there for them, right? And so you want to be on your phone. So either at least via text or phone call, you're able to answer your question. Uh, Jer Jeremy, what percentage of time are you doing a deal for somebody and the customer wants to call real estate agent, loan agent, somebody? It's a minimum between 50 and 60% of the time. They want to call somebody and make sure that this is done correctly, right. that their best interest is put forward and nothing is out of place. And, and how often does that phone call to you seem fairly trivial, but it really just is about making a connection? Uh, can you repeat your question? I mean, I, I guess it's a leading question. <clears throat> but how often is that phone call really more about just talking to the person than really getting a detailed answer? It's 90% like of the time. Right, right. So the point I'm trying to make is 90% of the time, they just want to know you're around and, you're gonna, and, and he's legitimate. And the way he, they know he's legitimate is you're on the phone and you ask your question and you move forward. And so my That's experience correct. is you will solve a lot of heartache if you're around anytime the other party, whether that be your client or the other person, if you know the signing, just put in your calendar and be available for that phone call or text in case that inevitable question comes up. It just um, puts the clients at ease. That's all it is for. Yeah, yeah. And my experience is they always ask a lot of questions at the beginning and they kind of get tired and the rest just moves quickly. Is that your experience? <laughs> yes, it is. Very much. Yeah, and I think as salespeople, we have to understand that Sometimes when customers ask us questions, they're not really asking us that question. They're asking a question as a way to see how we interact with them and if they can trust us or like us. Right? Correct. And so the notary is the exact same process. Wow, fantastic. Um, what percentage of the time do you show up and for some reason the customer refuses to sign the papers? Um, I've only had that maybe two times in the last 11 years. No, that's probably a reflection of you getting good business, right? Yes. I mean, if you're if you're working with good people, they're going to give you real deals, and bad people give you some lousy deals. So Correct. good for you, um, and and that's how you want to keep it. Um, and so you, I think you said that the mistake is not leaving enough time. How long is the average time for an appointment, and how long is the um, how long would you schedule to cover, say, ninety percent or ninety five percent of the occasions? So I schedule a minimum of an hour and a half of a window. I also do a 45 minutes to an hour of prep on the documents that escrow or the title sends me. So I can make sure that nothing is missed. And that way the, the clients don't have to waste the time finding out, do we sign here? Do we initial here? It's all covered in advance. And then again, for all of us who are agents or salespeople, 
you know, if a customer is presented with a package where everything's done ahead of time, sign here, initial here, versus scrambling when you get there, which one gives you the confidence just to move forward and, and sign the contract, right? Oh. So this is a guy who, this is all he, this is what he does for a living. And he's telling you right. that preparation is critical. It probably saves him. The extra 45 minutes probably saves you a lot of time at the appointment. Oh, it's astronomically yeah. saves so much time. How often do you go more than an hour on a sign-up? Um, so when you have um, firsts and seconds and uh, refis and stuff like that, that gets a little hairy at times. And sometimes I've gone as long as two and a half hours. Okay. Um, okay. So again, I asked Jeremy to be on here um, really to kind of give some insight as to what it's like for when you have customers sign documents, when you sign documents, when... Uh, you know, people are selling property to you, sign documents. This is a guy who does this on a regular basis at a pretty high level for some you know, pretty good salespeople. So here's a chance to ask questions. You can raise your hand or put something in the chat box uh, while he's here. Let's, let's see if we have any questions for Jeremy. I know I asked a bunch. Anybody? No? Pretty simple? Anybody else? Go ahead. Somebody had a question? No? I have one quick question. This is Nina. Sure, Nina. Um, where are you located again? So I'm a traveling notary. I'm based out of Century City, but I go anywhere that the, within the borders of California. Throughout the state? Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> My uh, farthest client that I've gone so far is I had an escrow company send me out to a city called Visalia, California. It's about 20 minutes shy of Fresno. Okay. Visalia is the raising capital of the world. Yes, it is. <laughs> I used to have an office in Visalia. Good. Any <laughs> questions? Again, this is the guy who's actually going to meet with clients, get him to sign documents, meet with the buyers, meet with the, if you're flipping a property, he's meeting with the, with the end buyers, getting stuff signed. This is where problems can be resolved quickly and efficiently or blow up and become a mess. Also a very <laughs> big important feature that I bring that most people don't think about is I am an extension of you. So when I go and I'm presenting something for you, I am 100%, 110% of my best behavior to make sure that the client knows that I respect him and that I'm taking care of you on your position as well. Right, right leaving them with a much better feeling, much, uh, much nice and calm. That's why I'm called the stress-free notary. <laughs> yeah. And that I really quickly, Bill, I just wanted to make a quick comment that um, that's really good to know because with probate, I've found that about 50% of the time they're older adults who exactly they can't, they don't do electronics. So they don't do email. Exactly. So they need to do signatures that way. And then also, um, it's also helpful if you're doing virtual investing where you aren't there as exactly. the person who's doing the buying would have you that you need somebody to go and, and be the bird dog, if you will, as, a, as one version of a term, but to be there to do the work. <laughs> so that's very good to know. My you question. Especially someone who knows the, the, the documents regarding probate. I mean, that's that's important because that's keeping the confidence in something that is very hairy and, and emotional and sensitive at times. Correct. 
So again, it's interesting to me, um, and I won't call anybody out, but somebody texted me, well, I thought this was about probate. And, and I, I think what I would say is, um, when people ask me how to do a lot of business, um, it's, it's a lot of little details, doing those details correct. You don't want to put all the time and effort into a transaction <clears throat> and watch it fall apart because your customer doesn't want to send the documents. I mean, it, it just, it's so basic and fundamental. It's just, you know, if you ever watch a professional baseball game, like the Dodgers in the World Series, <clears throat> every single game when they get the balls, I don't know if you guys even know this, there's a certain type of mud and there, there are people signed to take balls and rub them in the mud to get them to a certain consistency. Why? Because that's the way the ball players want the balls to feel, whatever, whatever that means or does. But they do it every single game the same way, the same mud. A certain mud from a certain place, I forget where, right? That people who people who are at a high level attempt to have everything controlled to go do it the same way over and over again. And so the challenge with, with notary is as a listing agent, I don't really have control over the process, right? I could I can pick the title company, but it's not my lender, it's not my buyer's agent, oftentimes. But we want to try to control as much as we can. You want to play the odds as best you can, you want to recommend your service as much as you can. And I have so another we, question. Yeah, go ahead, Nita. Jeremy, do you have a website? Yes, ma'am. It's stressfreenotary.com. Stressfreenotary.com. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Good. And it's interesting that the the uh, most experienced probate agent on the call is always asking for information. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. You know. Well, what's funny is that a friend of mine is a, who's in one of my investing clubs. She's an investor too, but she's also works in lending and she's a mobile notary too. But, you know, I, I always, I, it's probate is unique. Like Nicole was saying, there's a lot of little bits of paperwork and you need to know it. You just need to know how it works here. And so I, I'm, I'm looking to see if I can pick up another notary. <laughs> it's my pleasure to help you out. Yeah, it would be a pleasure. She's nice. Good. Thank you. Uh, I only questions? work for nice people. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> he hasn't worked for me yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so any other questions uh, for Jeremy? Well, well, we'll kind of cover another more generic probate stuff here in a little bit, but I want to get him on, and also he's a busy guy, so I promise him we start him up front and, and Get questions on and then give him the chance to cut loose if he needs to. Uh, can I ask a question, Mark? Yes, go ahead, Mark. All right, <clears throat> go ahead. Uh, so real quickly, ballpark, what, what are we talking? Is it based on miles or how do you charge? Like, so for example, if I've got a probate <laughs> case and I need to use your services and it's maybe going to be the OC somewhere, is it on a, because I actually, many, many years ago, I was a courier. So I understand, you know. So I do also courier services, so I understand. Uh, the question in the OC, like in Irvine or say? Yeah. Okay. So if you had to go to Irvine, it'd be 150 travel and usually it's 15 bucks per signature notarized. Okay. But if you have a packet of a normal packet of the size, let's say uh, it's got six signatures that have to be notarized in a packet, let's say. Uh -huh. and we'll settle out of like a 250 or something like that for yeah. a packet. So if it's an Anaheim or Fullerton or those areas, it's fairly close to the same. Yes, sir. Okay. That's so, what I was just curious about. 
Anywhere okay. in LA, I charge 50 bucks for travel. You go to the Valley, it's 75. You go to Ventura, Ventura County, it's one and a quarter, so on and so forth. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. You're yeah. welcome, sir. And Mark's a pro, but for those of you who are newer, I would say, you know, notary, you can take your documents to like a UPS store to notarize a document. Correct. This is really, he's used the term mobile notary, but really it's the document signing process that you're really paying for. Right. It's and more like I'm, I'm a concierge. Exactly. You're making 10, 20, $50,000 on a deal. You don't walk them, want them walking the UPS store and that guy going, wow, that commission seems kind of high. <laughs> really? I can do it for half that. You just, just, even though you don't really have to get a commission over that, you just don't want that conversation. And it's like Jeremy shows up and takes care of it. It's a whole different experience. Well, the point, They're the point with that too. They're looking for though. a reason not to sign. That is correct. There are those few pages you want to make sure clients do not sign on the wrong spot. That's what I was going to say. It's valuable. It's worth $150 just to have somebody who knows, okay, sign here, sign here, make sure everything's signed because I've had it before where I sent docs and they were, you know, FedEx or mail back or however, and they didn't sign something. Missing two things, got a FedEx oh, yeah. back. Oh, yeah. You don't want that. Okay, so good. I I, mean, I just want to just recap. I just want to let you know that I also take the documents from the escrow or the title, bring them to the clients. We'll also return them, FedEx them, scan them back, whatever the client needs to make sure they get the documents back, even photocopy things for people to make sure everybody has what they need at the right junction in that point. So again, that's a concierge mobile service. That's not just the notary. Correct. Are you approved with Pacific Coast Title currently yet? I don't recognize that name. Okay, I'll, I'll work on getting you approved so we have you accessible. Yeah, Nicole, thank you so Nicole, much. Nicole, would be great. Yeah, of Nicole, course. my title and escrow company, thank you. Thank you. Great, any questions for uh, Jeremy on mobile notary, mobile signup before we, before we uh, thank him? Anybody else? No? Well, again, I know the topic was a little on the edge, but I really appreciate, Jeremy, you sharing with us what the customer experience is like. And hopefully, if you guys are looking for professional service, give him a call. I put his info in the, in the uh, notes. It's also going to be on the video. But, um, Jeremy, 818-389-0979. Yes, sir. Stress-free – oops, I, I typoed. Stressfreenotary.com. Uh, yes, sir. I'll take off the typo and make it look correct. Jeremy, thank you so much for your time today and sharing with us. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great one. Great. Bye um, so, so again, I, I want that because I think it's important for those of us in the business to understand uh, and, and have a competitive edge. And when we're doing with our buyers, we want to use somebody who can give that, that uh, quality service. But let's kind of turn to uh, the probate topic specifically. Before I go into kind of what I want to cover today, anybody have any questions regarding the probate, generating business, Problems with files, anything like that? No? Okay. So um, I want to share, I am uh, the guest speaker at Sam's Club, which is um, um, a, um, I guess, wholesaler, investor club. Um, great for new people. And they asked me to be a guest, and he's doing an online event on November 4th. Uh, November 4th is a Wednesday 
at um, ooh, what time is that? Seven o'clock, I think. Seven o'clock. They do some other stuff besides that. Bobby's speaking for an hour and really uh, covering top to bottom the seven ways to generate probate sales. And I'll go ahead and, and, and talk about that in just a second. But I, I wanted to put the link. If anybody's interested in attending, again, they have a pre-sale price of five bucks. And then I think after that goes to seven. And um, uh, again, I'm not making money on it. I'm just doing it uh, as, as invited as a guest. I did get one question to start off with, which was, what do I do for my probate data? Where do I get the leads from? Um, right, that was from uh, ooh, uh, Janet. Um, what, what did you go to platform and method to get your leads? So I'll share with you, Janet, my particular um, advantage in the market is data and, and understanding what's happening and targeting the right people. So I actually currently subscribe to uh, three different services. I use Probate Money, which is Paul Horn's program. Uh, I took his certification, which is great. And I use their data for parts of what I do. I use foreclosure data, foreclosuredata.com. They have probatedata.com as well. Um, and I get their service. And I use a third one, um, um, Retran, retran.net. They sell a lot of different types of data. And then I put together in kind of each of them have certain fields, others are missing. Some miss certain files. And that way I get a, a full picture of what the market is. I also strongly recommend alltheleads.com, depending on where you are. If you're outside of the major counties in California uh, or national, um, they cover every county in the country. They have amazing training. I'd say that's the best. Uh, they, they have the best training for free better than anybody else charges for. They do a weekly mastermind, it's on YouTube. And they also post on their website and they do a monthly role play. It's also on YouTube, allthe-leads.com. Or if you go to YouTube and search all the leads, no spaces, you'll find them. So I, I don't use their data currently, it's more expensive. Their data is more of a, of a marketing system where the data is uploaded and they have great marketing pieces set up and you can easily subscribe to them and know that your mailers are going out, but I'm not um, using that currently because LA we backed up because of the court. And so just to make sense economically. So just to be transparent, I'm not using their data today because I'm not marketing to petitioners today. I might start in a few months, but I'm letting the market kind of catch up. Um, if you have a question on the data, uh, if I didn't cover that, let me know or text in. Uh, George asked, I'm about to end my first winter other than whether there's one to change the way probate investing is done, the pace, lead availability. Um, I'd say not really. Um, one thing about real estate and the holidays is realtors and salespeople tend to slow down faster than the average person does, right? The average person has a job nine to five, you know, works 50 weeks a year, gets some vacation time. And the holidays, they go to work, they might slow down at work, but they, but they still go to work every day. Somehow realtors and real estate salespeople have the idea that once Halloween hits, they don't have to work again until after the president's birthday, February. And uh, so there's, there, might be a, there might be less deals. There's, you know, when, when I look at a chart of business, there's about 70% of the business 
in December, January that there is in August. So if there's a hundred closings in a market in August, it might be only 70 in December. But in my experience, there's only 50 real estate agents working and only half of the investors still working. And so in my experience, if you're building your business, the time to really hunker down is December, January. My advantage, personally, I'm Jewish. So I'm an American. I celebrate Thanksgiving. But Christmas, to me, is a time to be friendly with, with people who are Christian. But I don't need to take off. I'm not going to church or anything like that. So for me, it's a good time to hunker down and get some work done. Um, and I've always kind of, I always felt like at Ring a Marathon, that that's the uphill that people slow down on. And I pick up ahead of them. So I would say that December is a good time to work to generate some business. There might be a few less leads, but I assure you there'll be a lot less people working on them. So and you'll be hitting the ground. You'll be hitting the ground running a lot better for January if you keep working through totally. the holidays too. Totally. Yep. Totally. So okay. the three leads I use again to recap that I got a text on that is retran.net. R-E-T-R-E-N.net. Uh, probatedata.com is the company's foreclosure data. And they have a lot of data, different sources, but probate data. And the third one is probatemoney.com, which is Paul Horn's company. If you take his certification class, then they'll sell you that data as part of the marketing package. So I use those three and put them on a database and compare and pick up which ones are missing. And uh, that's what I do. So that's my, that's my question, Bill. You were, because I use a couple of those. Retran is really great. I really, I actually use them for foreclosures. I also have Paul Horns. Um, what? So when you're saying some stuff is missing, are you, is, are you usually seeing that that's like across the board that it's the same thing that might be missing from one of the one of those lead services, or it's just on occasion there's just certain data isn't in there, so you're just cross referencing to make sure you're getting everything you need. Um, some of them miss certain files. Some what? Know. Some miss certain files for some reason. Huh? You know, and the ones they're missing are the ones I want. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I really, you know, could explain it. I don't know any of those three companies well enough for them to be honest with me and tell me why that is. I, you know, back when the court was open, I would meet people there that were collecting the data for the services and I yeah. could ask them questions, you know, which companies were they selling it to and then I noticed if they weren't there I knew when they weren't working or I knew where they were or how often they worked and and part of it was I realized that you know one of them would come in every every two weeks so I knew the data was going to not be you know as new as it could have been by two weeks so, so there is some there is some there are is a portion of, of data that's not in there or some cases that just aren't in there because they haven't captured them from whoever's pulling the leads yeah, I mean, I've had cases where I, I know there's a sale and, I, and the file's not in, I don't want to name any one of them in person, but I was when I was using one and it wasn't in their system, yeah. then I subscribed to another one that was there. And I called the first company and said, well, why, why did you miss this case? Well, I don't know why. <laughs> and, and, and the part that bothered me was they didn't panic and say something's wrong. We're going to go back and check that date and see the log of who was supposed to pick it up. In my mind, if they're being scientific about it, um, you would you'd want to trace the mistake or problem, yeah. and, and you know the only charge is so much for it, so you can only expect so much. So frankly, you know I'm a professional. I'm making a lot of money. An extra ninety nine dollars for two extra services is not that big a deal. So right, yeah, okay, thanks. 
And there, there's a lag time in the information because they're they're being sold this information and they're loading it after you know after a certain time they're able to load it. So that's that's why that's why it is good to ask each company what their what that time is in the delay from the recording to them actually posting to their site. That would be right. good information before you spend money on one. Right. So in the old days, I, I could meet somebody and she would tell me, you know, I'm going to be here this week. And then I upload at the end of the week and I get paid. So I knew they were going to do anything to the end of the week. And then they had to process the data. It would take a couple of days past that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I've often thought back when I was doing expired listings, I uh, ran a large company. And we actually subscribed to four or five services and I actually ran comparisons and did a scientific study. And the problem is. They, you know, they, they would change. So you, you run a study and then three months later, run a study and the other one was better. So there's a certain amount of variance that, you know, happens in human beings and you just can't do much about it. Um, so, yeah. but, you know, I, I, what I would say is, look, uh, if you're starting out, save some money, buy one data source. If you're a wholesaler or um, investor and you want to call LA, Orange or San Bernardino, Riverside counties, uh, let's talk together. If you're not an agent, I'd be glad to give you the data. Uh, I subscribe to one of the services allows me to share it with other people. I'm glad to share it with you. If you're a real estate agent on my team, I'm glad to share it with you. And I can say to you as soon as we get it, I'll give you access uh, to my login. I'm, I'm allowed to do that. So um, I'm one of the services. So, uh, and that's why I get multiple. Some let me do one thing and some let me do something else. Um, but, and I would just say this, uh, I wouldn't worry about which one's better. I would pick one to get started and work the heck out of it uh, to start with. Once you start making money and you start reinvesting, I think you can then be more particular. That's my advice. Good. Any questions on data sources? No? Sean? Good? Good. Those are good sources. I like them. Cool. So I wanted to share with you guys today, the title of the talk I'm doing here is uh, The Seven Ways to get probate sales out of probate. And I think one of the challenges is if, uh, for those who are realtors, you went and got certified, they only teach one way. And um, investors, wholesalers, I don't know what they teach you uh, as far as probate goes, but I'm gonna tell you there's seven different ways that you can get a probate sale. I'm not gonna go into each one in depth right now, but I'm gonna, I just want you to understand there's seven. And one of the concepts I started with is I wanted to use at least two. And my thinking was kind of like if you want to chop a tree down. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've never chopped down a tree. I just watched some movies. But if you ever notice they chop a tree down, they chop one side and then they chop the other and it, and it goes over. Right. It used to be on TV, wide world of sports. And they have competition chopping trees down. But I noticed they would always chop one side and then another. And I think that the reason why two or more work is if you can attack the same data from two angles, kind of like the military, they you know fly bombs in and then they have planes with bombs and then the ships shoot bombs and then they send guys in to clean up with tanks and then guys walk on the land. You hit the same area from four or five different angles. And I think in probate, it gives you an, an, an opportunity that way as well. So I want to cover with you the seven ways. If you know of any more, let me know. The seven I have are one is pre-probate. Pre-probate is there people um, that um, market to people who experience deaths in their families. And you can buy data of obituaries and you can buy data and cross-reference that to homeowners 
and figure out who died that owns a house. And people that do that. Most commonly male, right? So that's pre-probate. Another pre way pre-probate is part of your driving for dollars or ugly homes concept. Because you'll see a house and it, it's an ugly house. It's overgrown, looks abandoned. You're driving around, you notice it. You research it and find out the neighbor tells you the person died. And either if you're doing probate, you can check. Or if you're not doing probate, call me. I'll look it up for you. If you give me a property address, I can look up and tell you if a, a probate's been filed or not. And then oftentimes, investors that do that, wholesalers that do that, approach the family and find out. You know, they, they don't want to file probate because it's too much work. They're too busy. They don't have the money. They think they need a lot of money. And we can work something out to help them out. So that's pre-probate. Number one. Number two, probate filing leads marketing to the petitioner. This is the most common one. If you take Paul Horn's class, MTI's class, all the leads, primarily what you're doing is phone calling or texting or voicemail dropping or, or mailing to the person that filed the petition. Sometimes the petitioner is the attorney. Uh, sometimes the petitioner is one of the heirs and they're doing it themselves. Sometimes a petitioner is a petitioner and there's an attorney representing them. And there's different ways to market to them. Most commonly is calling them on the phone. Third is petition filings to attorneys. Obviously just cold calling attorneys. You know they have case, you know they had cases and calling them, maybe not for that one file, but for their future files. There's two ways in the MLS, number four and five are on the MLS. Number four is what I would call full authority. Now, for those of you who are buyer's agents primarily, you have buyers you're looking for properties and you know how hard it is to find in this market a property and get a buyer and make an offer, get accepted, get them sold. If you're working in that space, who works in that space? Just real quick. Anybody else? Yeah. So it's challenging, right? To find properties. So one thing you'll find is that many realtors are trained to avoid probate at all. I would do the opposite. If everybody else is avoiding it, to me, that's where I would go. And so if I was a buyer's agent in a certain geography, I would, in my MLS, create a search of probate properties that don't require court confirmation and just make sure I checked every one of those. Just made sure I took a second look at each one of those because they're more likely to fall through the cracks. Number five is limited authority or needing court approval. Now there, again, many agents avoid them. There's two strategies in those. One is get in early. So if you're working in an area, you're working in the South Bay, you're working in Inglewood, you're working in West LA, and you track every MLS listing that needs court approval. When they pop up, you want to look at it, understand its value, see if you have a buyer for it, and try to be first in line. Because the, the uh, estate is anxious to get it into escrow. They might have months to wait before they can close escrow. They want to get locked up. And that gives you, if you're there first, a chance to try to tie the property up. Again, there's a lot of details to all this. I just want to give you the list and the breadth of what's available. Number six is court confirmation sales. This is one of the areas that I work. I would say this is my specialty, that I track every single sale in LA County. I don't currently in Orange or other counties. I focus in LA County, but I track every sale in LA. I look for what I think are good deals and try to marry investors up to them. 
And then seven is courthouse farming. Hard to do here in LA with our court closed. I suspect there's more people in other counties and around the country, I would suspect it's much more closer to normal. Um, this is what I used to do daily. I used to go to court every day and I would go in the courtrooms, I'd be in the hallways, I'd go to the court, to the probate research room. I think this is a great way to build business and learn about it. Um, but again, those are the seven different ways to generate business from probate. Obviously referrals to past clients and referrals that come to you is, is, is another way uh, as well. But what are the, um, anybody have any other ways um, uh, that you can get business probate that I haven't mentioned? No, I don't the think- People really you know in your network. I can't stress that enough. That it's one thing, yes, you have to have the, sorry, somebody's trying to text me. Sorry, excuse me. Um, it's one thing to have the, um, Oh my gosh, people leave me alone. <laughs> that's, that's more people giving me business. It's one thing to get the, the leads from those lead sources. And it's another thing when you're given a lead from somebody you know. And here's why. Converting that lead is going to be a heck of a lot easier for you if it's somebody you know. Because yeah. someone you know, it may, not meaning that the person you know is the PR, maybe they are. But they know somebody who knows somebody over the six degrees of separation. They they trust you. You have a relationship already. And what they're doing is they're saying, I'm going to refer you to this person because for this person, I'm referring them my relationship with you. And when you have that behind you, you're going to have a much easier time converting that lead than somebody you don't even know that you have to nurture. You still have to nurture them, but Again, it's, you know, you've, you're walking in with them being more receptive, so. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's funny I left that off because I always tell people the fast way to get a probate sale is through your current database, right? Once you're certified, and I, I train a system where you use living trusts as a topic to talk to all your past clients, whether they have one or not. And that's a key, a key system that uh, we'll help you get started in the business. So thank you, Nita, for reminding me of that. And I, I just add that to my notes. I'm gonna, my presentation will be different, Nita, thanks to you. Thank you so much. Oh, sure, yeah. I'd love to see your presentation. Is that what you're doing at Sam's? I am, uh -huh. yes. But I'm also um, gonna record each segment separately. And, and uh, so I'm using this as kind of the tool to push me to do that. Hey, can I add one with Bill? That was a lot of value. Mark, go ahead, yes. <clears throat> When I really worked probate in the past in Houston, what I really focused on with these probate leads was finding a relationship with a realtor that specialized in probate that I could bring <laughs> to, and, and not, only the pro, not only the realtor as an investor relationship, but also there's companies that specialize in estate sales. They specialize in like cleaning out a house. There's also companies, like you said, like the attorneys. And, and again, oftentimes people don't know who to go to. They're lost. The executors, things like that. They don't know well, what, what should I do? What are my options? And I say, well, I'm a one-stop shop. So that's the thing I found. And this was like probably 10 or more years ago when I did that for a while, focusing on that is I was really focused more on being a service provider that, you know, this is so overwhelming. And I actually did a series of letters that, uh, 
you know, basically be about helping people who are overwhelmed in their time of grief and their time of loss. And uh, so there's also situations where even funeral home directors. So everybody that's in the probate space that would be a referral source in some capacity, I built that network of relationships. And, I, and the key was, I said, here's how it works, Bill. I understand you're a smart guy. I'm going to refer to you, but I'm going to be looking for you to refer to me. And the people who are referring back, they're going to get more <laughs> because that's the other thing. you got some people out there, they'll take, but they're not like you, Bill, as you know. They take, but they don't give. And you're a giver. And so that's a key part of this in my experience is build that network of relationship because I might have two attorneys. And again, also there's the competence level too, but I want to make sure it's people where when I refer them, it's going to get back to me as a good experience for people too, but also that they're thinking about me and not just, Hey, uh, Charlie, uh, I sent you that. I haven't had anything from you in three months. Oh, you know, I forgot. I sent it to this other guy. Well, sorry, Charlie. You know, it's funny you say that because I literally have this call because I get referrals from investors and wholesalers from this call. I didn't think to add that to my list. So thank you. You guys are helping me write my, my presentation here. Is I'm, so instead of seven ways, now it's 12 ways to find business. Thank you so much. That's even better. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thank you. I owe you all. Thank you for that. And I just want to add to what Mark said about that. That's exactly how my business is being is built and being built as it's full service. It's literally coming from all of the, re the resources that I can provide as support even before they have to list. Yeah. Because that leads them to listing. So, that's yeah. just, you know, it, it, goes, it goes beyond just, oh, yeah, I want to get the deal. You really have to. And th that's the reality of it. And here it is. People can read through you. They're they just dealt with the loss of a family member or they're dealing with the nightmare of probate. And I say nightmare because literally that's what oftentimes PRs are dealing with is all of the junk they got to do. They got a lot on their plate. And sometimes you just have to be silent and listen to them. So there's a lot of little things that they end up needing. My current case right now, they sat down with, it's a big case. They sat down with the co-administrator and another heir and they made a laundry list of things and started deciding who's doing what. And when I said, so tell me about your list. And I said, did you put that on there? She said, oh, I forgot about that. You want this reason? I'll send that to you. There were things she didn't even remember she needed that I told her, here you go. So, you know, that's a huge piece. And thank you for mentioning that, Mark. And then one last thing, there's a question about um, being a realtor and getting certified from Neil. I leverage that. I think that that helps to build trust and credibility. And there are a few sources. Um, Bill, you mentioned MTI Education. That's Mike Torres. That's a really good one. Um, there's also the California Association of Realtors has a certification course. And then Kevin Sales has a course as well from Probate, pro, uh, probate Real Estate Sales 101. So yeah, and, and I would add another one that the one uh, I've done those. I also did um, all the leads.com. This is what they call mastery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, there's three days, about five hours each day, a little more intense. But I think really drilled into me what you're talking about, Nina, about being full service. And I think that understanding that in this space, you, you have to solve their problem. The problem is not just selling the house. The problem is cleaning the house, selling stuff. Um, sometimes they have fine collectibles they want to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, all done in a sensitive way. All done as a part of the team. Uh, sometimes they have to tent. So, oh, only that's another thing. The tent. That's why they keep talking to me because they know I deal with multifamily. 
right. and they've got three yeah. properties in this in this mug that have tenants in them and they're all seniors so it's just like you know yeah, there, yeah. there's these little things that you need to do to help them out yeah so um yeah and certification i think you know to attorneys is very important I think it's important to your self-confidence, but don't think that you have a certification to get business. Uh, it's kind of like a driver's license. You still got to buy a car, get insurance, and uh, pay attention and not crash the car. So um, same thing. And uh, drive. George, G-E-O-R-G-E, -E, asked a question. George, are you a realtor or are you an investor or a wholesaler? Oh, George Abraham. Uh, to answer, uh, that's you asked the question. So George, to answer your question, how do you find properties that don't require court confirmation? Answer in the MLS, there are fields that we can sort for that. And you want to work with an agent who can maybe create a, a search for you, then forward you those results. So, um, you know, for for a buyer, you know, a buyer might say, me, I want a three bedroom, two bath in Hermosa Beach between half a million and a million dollars or something. I can create a search for that. Uh, for somebody like you as an investor, I can say, I want other parameters, what county or price range. And I want those that are probate and those that either do or don't require court confirmation. And then you get those sent automatically from, from the service. So if you're interested, George, we talk offline, I'd be glad to set that for you. Thank you. Good. Any other questions? So again, I'm uh, speaking on Wednesday, November 4th. Love to have you guys part of that. I also am, thanks to you guys, and I'm going to record, uh, I guess, a little more than I thought I was going to, but thank you for your help. Um, and so my goal will be to bring that content back to you guys down the road. Um, any other questions before we finish up here? We got about another five minutes or three minutes. Nicole, thank you for uh, your contact. Nicole is uh, with uh, Pacific Coast Title. And so yep. if you have questions regarding public records, data, uh, she can help you that or point in the right direction as well in those areas. Absolutely. And we have a Title Tuesday each Tuesday at one o'clock p.m. It's good to come, um, whether you're an investor and or an agent, because there's tools for real estate targets, um, but there's also really great guest speakers for trusts and there's good resources for investors and it just keeps you creative and, uh, you know, hungry. Are these live meetings in person now? They're Zooms. They're all They're Zooms, all Zooms for now. Mm -hmm. So anybody could be yes. anywhere and, and join in. So we, we contact you. How do we get, how do we find out the details of that Zoom? Take a snapshot of my contact, shoot an email so I have your contact, and then Good. we'll talk about whatever on my laundry list of what I can do, and that'll be one of the offerings. Yeah. Okay, great. Fantastic. There you go. So if you're on the, if you're on the chat box here, I'll put your info in the chat box again as well. And Thank you, Bill. Sure. Glad to help. And I'll put it in the YouTube chat box as well. And I'm actually going to just tap it real quick. I'm going to give you my website, which is basically a title website. And I'm only giving it to you because there's resources there for blank forms. Um, there's just agent resources. There's also investor resources to just educate yourselves. Um, guides, there's guides um, like buyer seller guides, but also how to read documents. Um, so I'm just going to give you this as a resource on the chat as well. I'm typing it again. So it should be there in a sec. That's a great resource. That's just basically a title, um, title website for you to be able to be able to do anything you need to and research everything regarding title and escrow. Great. Okay, guys. So again, uh, we do our real estate investment call on Tuesday at three. 
Um, and then we do this again weekly at four o'clock. Um, if you want, oh, I didn't, um, I have, uh, but where is that? If you want, uh, if you want, I have, a, I have a sheet with a bunch of resources on it, different probate related resources, some of which you talked about here in the, the call, some of that we talked about in other weeks, uh, what I call good stuff. Uh, text the word, no space, good stuff to 213-460-2577. Again, area code 213-460-2577. Text the word, no, no uh, space, good stuff, and you'll get a copy of that uh, sent to you. And I, I keep updating that as I get more good stuff. So thank you all for being on the call today, making it a powerful call. I really appreciate your support. You guys really helped me build my business and I'm available to help you. If you have any questions, call me, text me, email me. I'm not too busy to help you out. I might have to call back in an hour or so, but feel free to reach out if I can help in any way, okay? Yeah, Bill, what was that text number again? Sure, um, it is 213-460-2577. And the words are good stuff with no space. 213-460-2577. Exactly. And you should automatically get back a text that will have some good stuff attached to it. What was the last four digits? I'm so sorry, you guys. 2577. Thank you. Sorry, Bill. Thanks no all. <laughs> it's funny. I see a bunch of you guys uh, hitting that. So good. So enjoy that. Thank you. Call, text, email if I can help in any way. Thank you all very much. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Hey. Bye.